Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today's episode is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co., a black LGBTQ plus owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PLP22 for 10% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. The entire gang is here. We are going to preview St. Pete. I think that's pretty much all we're going to talk about. So I don't I don't really have any non-racing racing questions to start the episode to to the dismay of Jordan and all of her friends, wherever they may be listening this week. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Ooh, I had one. Ooh. Well, not like a fact, or it's more of a fact, and it's something that I don't know how it came up at the dinner table tonight. But did you know, in like different languages, like they don't have a universal like word for noises that animals make? Like moo. So, like bark. in English, we might say a chicken does like cockadoodle doo, but in Italian and French, they don't actually teach their kids that word. They all have different. When I teach them. Sammy had a list of it because I don't know how me making eggs for dinner led to that. But uh, what are you cockadoodle Shannon, we're not on the drunk episode anymore. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It just she had the Italian and the French words for it. And I'm like, what in the hell are they teaching them? Okay. That's our our, uh, fun portion. How did you guys do the rest of the afternoon after said drunk episode? I just watched Netflix all day. It was okay. Oh, Oh, Cody. (laughs) Cody Bray was at my house, and we watched uh, YouTube once he got there. We watched the the 2013 Indy 500. Oh, that's an old one. I forgot. We watched what's 94 Indy 500 qualifying with Penske, and then. Ooh. And then dinner, and then came back and watched 2015 Fontana. I'm not saying anybody I'm in particular, but one lighting. of us made it through 100 laps before falling asleep. And I and I drank half of a five hour energy, so I had two and a half hours of energy. Is what I was trying to explain and to I had Michelle and David, and they I, didn't. That makes perfect laundry. sense. I had a sip, so I had a half hour. That's what I'm saying. Half hour energy just to get through the. So he was good for half an hour. That's how I watched the Daytona 500. Sammy also disagrees with my logic. I may have napped for like the middle 65 laps. I think it was more than that. Absolutely did. It was like two and a half hours and you still had 45 laps to watch. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's talk about IndyCar. There's a couple rule changes that I guess we should go over before we talk about anything this weekend. 
Let's see here first. I don't really know what to make of this one. I didn't see it until yesterday. Our pal Kevin Dejewski, who is stuck with us for the weekend again. Drivers are no longer required to slow down by a defined 15% when passing through a a local yellow flag, but instead are advised to reduce speed substantially. Is this cause for concern because it's even more there's more gray area than there was before start with shannon yes question mark it just sells them to slow down like to whatever you think is is acceptable speed i feel like i feel like there should be a universal speed because what one person may deem as acceptable someone else may not yeah i just hope it's communicated to them in the driver's meeting but I also don't think it should be a black and white number because, you know, what happens if a driver goes through is like, oh, sorry, you were 15.7% above sir or ma'am. You are now black flagged. Like, I think that's absurd. So I think having some wiggle room is good as long as they define what said wiggle room is. I mean, can you give them like a five, 10 mile an hour? Like, you know, you can go, I don't know. I don't even know how fast they go on yellows. 110 to 120. Because F1, I believe, F1 does the whole, you have to slow your speed substantially or you get a penalty, right? But that's not like a defined, if it's not 13.7%, then to the gulag you go. But how do you define substantial? I think inherently it's going to be pretty subjective, but I sort of like the fact that it's not a fixed percentage either. Because I could see it in a case where it's a, a high speed portion of the track and it's like, oh, got set on by 15%. It's like, well, maybe it should have been a little bit more than 15%. Or if it's in a real slow speed portion of the track and it's like, we're already going pretty dang slow, you know, like the hairpin at Long Beach, how much slower can you go? I don't know. That's what I was just about to say. It's like, you think 15% at the hairpin at Long Beach is like, what, four and a half miles an hour versus like the first turn at Long Beach, that's going to be closer to 10 to 12 miles an hour. So I do, I do also like that point. I'm still processing. I was thinking about it in terms of what if you (laughs) basically said, all right, you have to decrease your speed a substantial amount for the pit lane. What would that be? And and different teams would use that to their advantage. So I'm trying to think about that with the, in terms of a yellow. And I mean, it's different, but I don't know. I think having some more defined boundaries than the word substantial is probably better. I, yeah, agree. I, I don't know yet either. Like Frenchie, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I would like a little bit more definition, but if they indicate per race, something like Hickey was saying, you know, you know, if they talk about it in the drivers' meeting and they clearly discuss it, I, I think I can. I'm willing to give this one a shot, Mr. Lighting. So I have a question, and you guys might know the answer to this. When it comes to qualifying, when there's a local yellow, how do they? how do they deem whether or not a driver slowed? I mean, I know I remember it was a topic at the IMS road course last year, but I don't remember which race because they were there so many dang times, Um, which (laughs) side note, I thought it was damn hilarious that for their iRacing challenge, they also used, I didn't get a chance to talk about this, that they used the IMS road course. It was almost like an ironic slap to the face. Anyways, um, how do they deem that in qualifying? Like what is their metric for determining whether or not you slowed? I think 
from one corner to the next or one sector to the next, they'll look at your your time it takes to get from one point to another and determine your speed based on that or any data that they can pull from the team. I am pretty sure that one you're talking about last year when I think didn't Hinch spin or, or Hinch got penalized because somebody else spun and they looked at his data in that specific two turn section were able to determine what his speed was or how much he slowed. Yeah. By. But it was weird. Cause I think like Pagano, I think it might've been Pagano went quicker yeah. on a lap, but they didn't deem him for in violation of the yellow. So it was just really, there's a lot of gray area there again, just very subjective. All right. We're on to another yellow flag thing. This is with the new led marshalling system around the track. I, I think a waved yellow, whether it be on the Marshall stand or the LED panels, means that the hazard is wholly or partially blocking the track ahead, while a static flag means the hazard is near the edge of the track. Not really worth discussing, but if you're confused why there's different types of yellow flags now, there's your answer. Put I got confused when you said wholly. I, got, I had to really process that one for a second. With a W. No, I was just thinking, like, right. like the Pope's there, or <laughs> okay. what's going on? Oh, oh. Vicky. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Also, I kind of missed the fact that Riverside doesn't have, like, a raise your hand function. That was probably my favorite thing about Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Google me. <laughs> we'd be, like, raising our hand, and then we'd click raise hand on the computer. So, next up is Push to Pass. IndyCar now has the ability to disable the overtaking system on cars that are a lap or more behind the leaders. So to further explain, if a car is about to go a lap down, he can still he or she can still use push to pass. But if they are a lap down to the leader, whatever lap the leader is on, so whether it be one lap or two laps down, if the field is two laps up on one guy, he can he he or she can be his push or pass can be Push to pass can be disabled. So we'll start with Frenchie. Good idea, bad idea, gray areas. What do you think? Not give me time to process this one either. Um, let's see, rule change. It, yeah, I'm just trying to think about a situation where that would affect racing. I mean, I think so it's good. Let's, yeah. If you if you get rid of people basically trying to pull blocks, like you can mess up team strategy games that could be played in terms of you know, affecting a championship or something like that. We wouldn't have to worry about that then. If somebody goes a lap down, they can't just block the leaders and kind of create a pass opportunity for their teammate. So I, I like that. I think it makes people race clean. But didn't it say multiple laps down? Don't they have to be? Yes, it did. It said multiple laps down. I think it, I, I, I think it right, did because David? I remember thinking as I read it, like, Oh, so that probably wouldn't have impacted the like Connor and Pato issue at Road America a couple of years ago, where people thought Connor was holding up Pato, That's but it was exactly like no, Connor was trying thinking. to stay in the lead lap. So I don't think. Oh, hit the button, Mike. I don't. Just kidding. I don't see the button. There's so, not one. It's not yeah. there. <laughs> the in IndyCar defines a lapped car as a car that is at least one lap behind all cars that are on the lead lap. Yeah, but that's not okay, what the, what's rule the rule says. Say? The rule says Where did we get that? I'm I'm on 
uh, the article Kevin wrote. Give me one second here. So if we get this wrong, Kevin can go to the gulag. Episode title, <laughs> To the Gulag. So the rule says IndyCar officials now have the ability to disable the overtaking system on cars that are more than a lap behind the leaders. It does not say multiple misinterpreted laps. that then. I honestly thought the same thing as you. Was Does more than a lap yes. mean two, though? I mean, I would assume so. Two. So I guess that is multiple laps. Then. More than a lap. But if you're more than... I guess if it you're more than a lap, you could be one and a quarter laps behind. It's true. I wish we had uh, I wish we had media coverage at the race where we oh, could ask people. Good, good thing Shannon and I will be there we're depending on the weather we don't know when we're going to be arriving but we'll Uh-oh. don't put that into existence it's fine just because other people's flights got canceled on a completely <laughs> separate airline means nothing to us it's fine yeah okay so we've just I'm because not i have to drive anxious. two hours to the airport in the snow and the ice it's fine michael Okay, positive vibes. We're going to manifest posi- positivity. Does anybody else have any more thoughts on Push to Pass, or should I go to the last one? We'll see. I'll, I'll reserve my judgment until like we see it play yeah, I think out that's for fair. the first time. All right, I'm going to go to the last one here. This one is pretty simple. Pit stalls, which were assigned automatically in the past number of years. Now, each, whoever's on pole from the race before gets to pick their pit stall first, qualified second the week before, gets to pick their pit stall second. So a little bit of strategy involved in picking your pit stall this year. Could this have any effect on maybe teams trying to group each other together to not get blocked in by other cars or hold very... What are you thinking, Mr. Hickey? Because I swear every time I go to like Iowa, like all the teams are grouped together based on like entry like you know if herda won the poll at detroit or whatever and then you go to road america herda would be the first spot but then usually kind of like behind him would have been like rossi and a couple other team i could be wrong but it just seems like every time i go to iowa they're conveniently grouped together based on team yeah i don't think that's accurate and i only say this because when we stand in penske's pit box for races for joseph will is like way the f- there so it wasn't we couldn't cover i mean last year anyway we couldn't cover one team and the two of us have um covered those pit boxes at the same time yeah i could be completely wrong it just i always felt like when i went to iowa that they were always grouped together but i'm probably wrong so yeah i guess yeah that definitely does add a strategy element to it and i do like the fact that the pole sitter from the previous race gets to kind of get a, an extra incentive for the next race too found one more rule but frenchy do you want to do you have any additions yeah i just think it's going to be good because this year pit stalls i think are going to be more important when you have more entries so it's going to get more complicated and being able to pick your pit stall i guess it's going to be more advantageous so it's really going to come down to not only your results in the championship but where you qualify too all right, last last one is, and in years past, we've seen one or two 
crew members on the rear wing of a car kind of push a car off as they're exiting a pit stall. That is no longer allowed. So do we think this has any impact on pit stop pit stall exits? Hickey says no. Lighting. I thought that was already against the rules. That was just out of habit. Yeah, well, because I know, like, you can't the the rear wing they use at like Indianapolis and Texas. Like, I don't even think you could push on that anyways, because you might knock that out of alignment. But um, yeah, I always thought that was already a thing. But I you're wrong a lot tonight. Literally, host has been twice. How about you call him now in a second? Feisty, Mister Lighting. Uh, I have a prediction that within the first one or two races, someone's going to stall leaving pit lane and it's going to have absolutely nothing to do with the fact that they no longer get pushed, but NBC is going to make that a point of (laughs) emphasis. Um, Secondly, it's going to make pit stops look a whole lot less as cool, a whole lot less cooler. I think is what I meant to say, because that always looked really badass when the, the pit crew is pushing the car out and there's, you know, the smoke flying off the tires. I don't know. There'll still be smoke. Yeah, I'm I'm grasping at straws here. I'm not really going to notice it. <laughs> we do have to ask ourselves, though, would Michael and Jody broke as many half shafts as he did if the crew wasn't yeah. pushing? What if what if the crew stops pushing and now everyone is just like, I don't know, a half a mile faster because they stopped adjusting that wing when they were pushing off on it? <laughs> so I, I do have one question, though. So you know how sometimes when someone does stall? or they're on the verge of stalling, the pit crew really does give the car a good push to try to, like, bump start it. Does that mean that's completely ruled out now, too, and they're going to have to waste the extra time to get the starter out? Because if that's the case, that is actually going to play, I think, a factor in a couple of races. Because you do see that sometimes. Yeah, I guess we'll that's have to a great question. See. Yeah. That's what I kind of was thinking about the other day. Like, do they have to bring the car back to the pit stall before they can restart it? Because... You can't if you're halfway out of the pit stall. You you can't restart it there. No, and and I do recall even a few times last season where it seemed like the car was halfway out. They started a stall, and the pit crew gave them a shove the rest of the way to get it restarted. Yeah. All right. Anybody? Well, maybe race control can send them to the gulag too. You keep saying that, and I keep thinking you're saying goulash, and I can't process it. <laughs> Ugh, goulash is disgusting. I keep thinking about the fact that my Call of Duty hasn't worked in about a week on my Xbox. I am just pulling up the and the the time of everything this weekend here. Okay, so before we make our predictions and talk about the weekend, Friday practice is three forty p.m. on Peacock. Saturday morning, second practice is nine a.m. Qualifying is at twelve thirty. Sunday morning. The warm-up is at 8.45, and then pre-race starts at noon on the big NBC. And the race is streaming this year on Peacock, correct? All the races are? Okay. Everything for, except for Toronto's on the c- Oh, jeez. Say, say, say it again, I'm going to fire you on the spot. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no. Wait, I need a... What's another word for... A doodle do. A doodle do. Oh yes, there we go. That's full circle. That's 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 why we were talking about the animals. I honestly thought you were going to say something like that in the beginning. 
<laughs> worse. <laughs> get his band you off got the internet. The well, we also get to see the um, we get to see the new booth oh, at yeah. work this weekend, which I think is Diff Townsend and now yep. Hinge. Which got me thinking. Uh, did you guys know that Danica Patrick is going to be in the booth at the NASCAR race at Phoenix wow. in Vegas? Danica facts. Isn't that fascinating? Good for her. It is fascinating. I hope she has fun. Yeah. <laughs> Lighting containing and I just what are you was say, waiting buddy? for you to like somehow turn this around to be like, you know who Danica Patrick used to date? Aaron Rodgers. And you know that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers hasn't beaten the 49ers in the playoffs. And you know who, and I was just waiting for it. I would never. Because never in a million years would I ever do that to that's you. That's where Danica is going to be broadcasting from. Never, but I will try to work that in next time. Thanks for the ammo. Frenchie? I'm interested to see whether on Peacock we get commercials or not because we didn't get commercials for the Daytona 24. And so if it is just going to be like the feed with no broadcast, you know, with no audio and we're just going to see the cars on Peacock or is there going to be, you know, are we going to see commercials? I'm, I'm eager to see that. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. When he says Peacock, what is he talking about? Listen, this isn't even me this time. I would just uh, like no. to make note that I didn't start any of this. Sh- Shannon is the most well-behaved one right now, <laughs> which is very big, a very big problem. What is happening? Right no, but seriously, in IMSA, they didn't have... They didn't have commercials in the IMSA race, not did on, they? Not on, not on the streaming option. Because you think they wouldn't for Peacock, but I guess we'll wait and see. I'm really hopeful they don't because that's how I'm going to be watching. So Well, and I think an individual I follow on Twitter, I think it might have been Indy44, did like a screen grab of the live TV versus his Peacock app, and I think it was only off by like, six or eight seconds so the delay between streaming and live was also uh not too bad pretty close so that's that's also very cool very neat and the weather in florida this weekend looks wonderful which is much better than the last time i was shannon and i were in florida and it was negative 16 degrees every day i was 
It was cold. It was not. And I was literally like. It was cold. It was not negative 16, sir. Just let me be dramatic. I have to edit. Matt. Okay. Well, I actually live in negative 16. Matt doesn't want to hear your weather slander after his Friday afternoon. Matt, can you describe what a snow squall is before we make our predictions? (laughs) I still can't. I can't. The way I described it to, I can't remember who, I can't remember if it was Sammy or someone else. I described it as like an unorganized hurricane. What? I didn't know hurricanes were organized. Thank you. It's just it's a that's tornado spiral thing that's it, rotating around. L- literally what it is. You know, a hurricane? There's a die that. <laughs> literally what a snow squall is, is think about like a line of thunderstorms. That's a squall line. It's literally just a line of snow that's quick moving short in duration and has a lot of wind it's literally just like a line of thunderstorms but it's snow hurricanes are hurricanes are definitely organized sir first of all and then yeah i couldn't see 30 feet in front of me for four hours i feel like this is going to be my drive to indy on thursday i almost got into three car accidents lighting called me at one point i'm like yeah we should be in the clear and then like 10 minutes later i almost got in a car accident so yeah and then i got to see lighting light at the end end of the tunnel Oh, oh. Uh-huh. bravo, uh-huh. Shannon! Bravo. Uh-huh. Do we have any more St. Pete news items to get to before we throw our worst predictions of the year out? Because it's the first. Race Let's start season. predicting. We'll go. Uh-huh. We'll go with Hickey, Frenchie, Shannon, Lighting, me for the order. Uh, there's a zero percent chance I'm going to remember. I'll that. remember. Winner. Uh, what yep. me? I have to go first for all no, of them. We can switch oh, it up God. if you want. I was just trying to keep it organized. Right, well, we'll start for the winner. I have my man Colton Herta. I think that Pato's going to win. Uh, well, I was going to go with Colton Herta, and I know since there's five of us, we're allowed to double up, but I refuse to double up with Matt. So uh, I'll go with my backup pick. I think Roman Grosjean is going to have oh. a coming out party in his Andretti Autosport debut because they have kicked ass on the street courses. I applaud Shannon again for holding herself back. Yeah, I was surprised no one said something. <laughs> you saw it! Just... What the hell? Why is Shannon then... Shan- Why is Shannon then just the most well-put-together one Shannon's of Shannon's face was bright red there for like three seconds as she tried not to <laughs> say Listen, anything. Listen, I'm trying really hard to be on my best behavior for the first race, and I figure if I don't start now, it's never going to happen. So, can, can you explain what you were holding back from? Was it the way I said Grosjean? Did I say his name wrong, Shannon? Could you could you elaborate? Nope we should no? we should go to oh no you okay. said coming out party. I know what I I know what I said. I was trying to get her to repeat it. Right. Coming out wow, it's gonna have a lot of pride after this podcast. weekend. Can you believe that? I do have a lot of pride. Oh, well played, well played. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I know this. I, I, I predict him at least once a year, and it's never close to correct. So I'm gonna get out of the way with oh, first geez. and go with willpower. You're, you're not top five driver who's in his last full time yep. season pick. All right, oh, that leaves you, Shannon. Lord, you know. I feel good about Alexandra Rossi. And I really do. This is this is legit. This isn't a fandom. This is um he's got he's got a little fire under his belt after Daytona and um I think he's I think he's got something to prove. 
All right, next we have our Dark Horse Top 10 prediction. Uh, we've also decided this year that if someone says somebody that we don't feel like is a Dark Horse pick, that we can veto them. Not not aiming that at anybody in particular <coughs> host. Uh, so who's going first host? I'll, I'll take Connor Daly. Okay. As a Dark Horse, is that where we're at? Yeah. Yes. I think I'll go for... Renus then as my dark horse top 10 I feel like he's a based on his performance at the end of last year he's a dark horse top 10 but I think he could prove us wrong this year lighting uh David Malukas Shannon cars always do well at St. Pete Devlin D. Francesco okay Matthew I don't even know you guys picked a lot of the good ones we will say we Calamai a lot yeah, you. We as in me, myself. Oh, right. we. <laughs> <laughs> what what prediction is next? Uh, Michael is Jokum is so over who's us. Who's gonna struggle? So who's gonna struggle? But uh, I just want to preface that by saying that next is like first out. So if you think like someone's gonna crash out within like the first five laps. We shouldn't say struggle. Struggle should be like someone who should be in the top 10 but finishes like a lap down based on pace or something. So who do we think is going to struggle? Lighting? Uh, Elio. Elio. Oh, okay. Yeah, everyone's going to be high on Elio full time. Just won the Daytona. Who? Who said that? That's what the media is going to say. Thank you. <laughs> Shannon, go ahead. I don't want to go yet. Come back to me. Shannon, you're next. That's, that's not how. <laughs> Ma'am, that's not how that works. The teacher called on you. I... You have to answer. Ah, so stressful. Um, 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 uh, Felix Rosequist. Frenchie? I don't know if this is fair, but I think Jimmy Johnson's going to struggle pretty hard at the street circuit. I think he's going to be really good on the ovals this year, actually, and it's going to kind of redeem him into all the IndyCar fans who criticized him. All right, I will take Takuma Sato because I want to. Hickey. And I will say Pato. Oh. My win Ooh. pick. Uh, who do you think is going to be who's going to be first out? I'll take Calamilot with an electrical issue. You don't have to pick an issue. I'm just You definitely don't have yeah. to specify. I'm going to go for Christian Lungard. Lungard, okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to say Renus VK. I was going to say Connor Daly. And I will say Devlin DeFrancesco. Wow, our picks are really all over the and place. Best, I like this, yeah. Well, yeah, best rookie. Yeah, best rookie, I'm definitely saying Longard. Okay. My favorite driver in the field, just a spite host. <laughs> There was so much vengeance in that in that prediction right there. Like even even just saying like, to spite me, you're like I'm gonna spite host. <laughs> Lighting. Well, I already picked Malukas as my dark horse, so I'm sticking with Malukas for best finishing rookie as well. Shannon. Well, if we're going at Kyle Kirkwood. <laughs> 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 She had this. Yeah, <laughs> I can't be bothered with this. We're going with Kirkwood. 
I'm glad you guys didn't take him because I actually think Devlin's going to do well. I think he's going to be the best finishing rookie this weekend. He's my dark horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Damn. sure. I will. Nothing. Great dude. I. <laughs> Just because I think he's going to struggle in the race doesn't mean I hate him. Devlin, some of us believe in you. Tone at like a lot of things, and it's just, it's just, uh, no one's believing me. Ouch, uh, Devlin, I will reach out to your dad and confess my love for you. Don't worry. I will take Tatiana. Wow, so we all had different picks yeah. for that last one. Okay, do we want to do a quick? We got a couple minutes left. Do we want to do a quick? What we're most looking forward to for the weekend now that IndyCar is back? Yeah, you have something in mind since you just sprung this on us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, host. It's such a terrible. No, so I'm. I'm always. I'm very off guard. Caught off guard right now. Uh, I'm really looking forward to just kicking it up on the couch and having something to, to watch on Sunday. We've made it. What one Sunday without football? No, two. One Sunday. It's been one whole Sunday without football. And it's already terrible. Uh, but just to have something to look forward to on the schedule on the weekends and to watch. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.